to the Mission LHC podcast, where you'll hear real conversations with a married couple that are on a mission to help other couples as they learn to love, honor, and cherish each other in all stages of marriage. My name is Heath Yearwood. And I'm Amanda Yearwood. And thanks for joining us as we laugh together and share our story together in hopes that we can be an encouragement to you. All right, well, welcome back. Uh, we're going to be doing our fourth episode here, and uh, we are joined with some great friends of ours, Steve and Tina Freeman. Uh, they're longtime friends, but more importantly, mentors. I'd like to welcome y'all. I appreciate y'all giving up an afternoon to come over and talk with us. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be here. They've been our mentors for a long time. I think they just kind of made the mold and we just followed their footsteps <laughs> i look at their family a lot and think you know we've got a lot of similarities you know? we, we talk a about a son that. and a daughter yeah. and we just mm-hmm. kind of followed that same footprint well we, we talk about your family and your kids a lot in that yeah. same in that same way even their personalities the <laughs> the daughters are the youngest and they're kind of the spitfire a little bit with it and the boys are just kind of a little more mellow now they're competitive and everything as well but the, it is the personality is a whole lot and then uh, as we said the only dangerous thing about us having this meeting today is we guarantee this is probably going to be a two-part not because necessarily the quality but the quantity that we have because <laughs> Steve and uh, Steve and I both were ones that people have probably said they hope that we don't get the call to preach because it, it would be a long-winded sermon if we well, had to. Has people ever uh, called you preacher? Yeah, oh, yeah. Me yeah. too. I they, get called preacher a lot. They do. I do get called. Doug uh, Mosley's girls, uh, Crystal and uh, Shalina, they used to call me preacher all the time. Me and Tim would go visit them, you know, when they were small. And they called me preacher for years. Well, I guess it's uh, one of those things, you know, I remember my dad had the gift of gab when I was little. And I, I didn't even want to go to a parts store or anywhere with him because if I, we were supposed to go in and get some oil, it would be an hour later and we hadn't left yet. And then, you know, I think God has a sense of humor because i become my dad. Yeah. And it's the same thing. So, uh, well, you know, as we're doing this podcast, one of the things we're trying to do, we're trying to, you know, pass along some of our experiences and things that have helped mold our lives. Again, we we fail miserably a lot of times, but we're, we hope that you can learn from some of our mistakes but also some of the great things that have happened to us. We want to be able to share that with the people that were involved. And Steve and Tina had a big part in that, uh, and especially Amanda and I's young married life. And, um, you know, I had started, I was coaching sports at West Point High School. I was young, when I, about 20 when I actually got hired, turned 21 in September, my first year there. And I had a bunch of those kids that went to Bethlehem West Baptist Church here in Coleman that were on my ball team. And so they, I think some of the parents probably invited me to go. And so I went there. And Tim Harris was really involved. Brother Tim was the preacher. And he was involved in our school with football and everything. And so I just fell in love with everybody there. And so I was going and, you know, I shared the last one that I was getting worried about getting married and everything because there wasn't a lot of people around. There wasn't a lot of single girls my age at the time. And uh, so, you know, that was kind of what I was thinking a lot with everything. But 
you know, I was attending there, but when I first brought Amanda in, I remember a lot of the guys was talking about, you know, I, I think Amanda's beautiful today, but they all thought at the time they couldn't believe who I'd brought in. Uh, that was surprising. <laughs> well, maybe me and you have something else in common that we both married up. Yeah, we did, for sure. That, that we did. Sure. And, yeah. uh, you know, Steve, last episode, Amanda and I, we talked about that, you know, I believe, well, the last one I did one on Father's Day, but the one before was about my mom. I think I really ended up with Amanda because of her praying mother, Proverbs 31 wife. She prayed for that when I wasn't looking for them. And I can't think of any better one than you have either. And, you know, I mean, you know, I, I think that God had plans for our lives. And no doubt. would you like to, you know, tell me about you and Tina and, you know, how you met, but what any thoughts on that? Well, yeah, but I was given strict uh, strict instruction before we came over not to be talking about her a lot, but I'm going to talk about her soon. <laughs> but we met, uh, I tell you, the day that, that I caught her was November the 19th, uh, 1976. Five. She had. She had. Uh, she was fortunate enough to be in the fair queen in cont- uh, pageant. She won the pageant. So uh, my uncle said, "You need to call this girl." Uh, Why's uncle? Yeah, say? my uncle Bobby. He, he said she's broke up with a boyfriend. You need to call her. So I called her. <laughs> he was an eight strike while Iron saw it. Yeah, rebounds okay. Yeah. And I wasn't. The last thing I was looking to do was to get married. I was not looking to get married. I was. Uh, Riding around the shopping center a lot, mm-hmm. just doing all the things that we did back in the seventies. And uh, but uh, I called her first time we talked. She uh, turned me down. Uh, she wouldn't go out with me because she had another pageant to be in. I asked her, I think, for Saturday night, mm-hmm. and she uh, said, "I can't go Saturday night." But she said, "But I could go Friday night." So our first mm-hmm. date was uh, we went to a movie. <laughs> what y'all Barbara, see? Barbara Streisand. <clears throat> oh. Something about a. Uh, Funny lady. Is that what it was, Tina? Funny lady. It really was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we laugh. Amanda and Tina are very similar. They like to be behind the camera and doing a lot of things to support us. You know, over the years, one of the things, the first impressions that I had at church, you know, Steve would lead singing. And, of course, Tina was the piano player. And so, you know, Amanda's always been my bookkeeper, the counselor at school. You know, I feel like I've been in the ministry. We were kidding about being a pastor. You know, that was one of the things over the years I kind of always wondered, was God ever calling me to preach? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I never did really feel that calling to be a pastor. But now through this DMD that I'm in, you know, I feel that we're all pastors. We're all called into the ministry. We're supposed to be, whether it we, we laugh, I go to Planet Fitness, and I'm trying to talk to somebody almost every day in there because that that's the place that I'm at. Where our feet are at, we're supposed to be trying to work, whether it's at the bank or, you know. Right. That's our that's my mission field. That's my biggest mission field right now is where I work. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's something that's big right there. But, you know, again, I think no matter what areas we're in, and that's one of the things we're trying to do. And I've got another person that Claiborne and Keneath Campbell are going to be on one of these that really mentored our lives in athletics. You know, Amanda, a lot of people do things solo. And it's I think that's where problems, if, if I have a life and she has a life and our lives don't uh, intersect, I think that causes a big problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, well, you talked about preaching. We're not 
preachers, but the Bible teaches us that we're a royal uh, priesthood. Each of us, we're priests, yep. and we're one thing we're supposed to be doing is spreading the gospel, and not that we are forced to do it, but you know, through our relationship with Christ, the more we learn about Him, the more we know about Him, mm-hmm. and you don't get to know him really i mean when i became a christian y'all at age 22 and i went to church all my life but at age 22 when i accepted christ as my savior and she was a big part of that because of her influence on me and bethlehem west and those people there were part of me not saying anything negative about those people i went to church with in other places but i finally got to the place where hey i've been through the motions but i haven't accepted christ as my savior right when that happened and the more I read and study about him, and, and you know, the more you read, the more you study. When you learn something, the more you learn in God's Word, the more you realize you don't know. Mm-hmm. And how do you get to know Jesus better? You read this book. Exactly. You read the Bible. And everything, you know, we can read all the self-help books. We can listen to podcasts. We can do all that. But no matter what Amanda and I say on these podcasts or our guests say, Everything should go back to the Bible. If we make a statement about something, check it out. Go to the Bible. And mm-hmm. and you know what? If you find it in the Bible that's that way, let us know if we said something wrong or different because we need to make sure we correct that. But no matter what, you always check your pastors, you check your Sunday school teachers, everything, and the Bible's not going to steer you wrong. And, uh, well, you know, as we talk about this and why we wanted Steve and Tina here on our episode they really impacted our lives. Amanda and I ended up getting married. And, you know, even though I was going a little bit while I was still a young coach, I wasn't going to Sunday school a lot with anything. And so I was just uh, coming to church. And then when me, Amanda and I got married, we continued to go over there and everything. And so we now... We great Sunday morning attenders. We were. <laughs> so, Amanda, tell a little bit about the story from this point. Well, I remember uh, we, of course, we were we were dedicated Sunday morning worship attenders, and um, it got to the point where Steve kept on after us every Sunday. He would say, "Y'all need to come to Sunday school. Y'all need to come to Sunday school." And I remember us having the conversation of, "If you see him, go the other way." <laughs> and, and, I don't remember it that bad, though, Steve. Well, I, I didn't know that. Uh, didn't know I was that aggravated. When we were talking about that, and that's exactly, we were talking about that today, and I think you said that Tina or somebody, you were saying something about that. You were afraid, or Brittany might have been telling me, you were afraid that you were bothering people about it, and I said, no, you weren't, because we're sitting here today, maybe because you just simply invited us. But a lot of people do the check you know, I, I did what I was supposed to do. I invited them. Sorry, God. And they leave it at that. You know, God, you know, you told me to invite them, and I did. And they, they didn't come. You weren't invited, weren't hounding us, but you knew. And that's the thing that I really struggle with before in, in Christianity. If what I have is so good, why am I content to not invite no one or do anything? And that's where I'm at a different place in my life right now. I have something special, and I see nothing but brokenness and bad things that are going on in this world right now, and I know that there's something there, you know, and I tell everybody, and I say this every week, the reason I know that Jesus Christ is real, he took a bunch of knucklehead people that were the disciples. Mm -hmm. While they were walking with Jesus, they couldn't do 
right. They still messed up. Why are you selling this? We could make money doing this. And all of a sudden, when he left them, and he said, I'll leave you with something more important, the Holy Spirit, he leaves them. They become bold, and they see every one of them killed and all that, and they still keep doing that because they were changed men. But that's the same Holy Spirit that lives within us. Same power. Yeah. And, same power. But how, how many times have we put that... We don't let it come out. We quench the spirit. Yeah, yeah. We do it a lot. We do it a lot. We sure do. But if we let the Holy Spirit lead us, and this, like you talked about, you know, we don't do it just to be checking the box. Like you said, I agree one hundred percent with you. I can't, I can't uh, say that I came up with this, and I can't tell you who said it. But what I heard said one time was this: If you had the cure to cancer. Mm-hmm. Would you keep it to yourself? No, no, you wouldn't. We have the cure to sin. Yeah. And it's Jesus. And we do it. Why? Because everybody expects us to. Well, I did it for a lot of years because that's what, well, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. But the older I get, the more that I, the more that I fall in love with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's happening still today. I love him more today than I did yesterday. And you do it because you love him. Mm-hmm. And if you, what is, uh, you know, there's so many things going on in our world today. Uh, we don't want to get involved in that. But so many things that if we would just do what the Bible says, it says love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. So many of our problems in this society, in this culture, and in our country would be taken care of. We're trying every other way to make our society and uh, racism thing come together if we just love our neighbor after Oh, yeah, we have the blueprint for it, but mm-hmm. but we're going further away from the blueprint. Exactly. We, we, we keep trying to build it a different way, and, it, and it's going to be torn down. And that's kind of why, you know, we talked about this when we, we were trying to think of a title for this episode, but, you know, I was thinking about in the the Bible where it talks about building your house upon a you know a good foundation and that's kind of what we're hoping to talk about but you know the title of our um, podcast that we have Amanda so I don't mess it up tell us what it is well I mean we were looking at setting the bar who knows if this conversation goes a different way we might name it something different I'm talking about of our thinking. podcast all the whole the name oh, of we'll it. Talk this episode all no. right, so the okay the whole podcast so uh, we'll go back over that. So the we're we're on a mission. We feel like we're on a mission, and and it's to help couples remember those vows and and those stages of marriage, the love, the honor, and the cherish, and and those are very different things. And so early in that marriage, you know, it's just all about love because you just can't get enough of each other. And you know, then you get into the stage where you. You're honoring your commitment, and there's some days that it's fun, and there's some days that it's not fun. It's work. And that's where most people, I think, give up on it. And um, then when you get older like us, we, we start cherishing each other, and, and it's the same way with our relationship with Christ. And the reason I had Amanda to say that is because as Steve was talking about his relationship with the Lord, the same things are, are true there because you're now in the stage of cherishing that relationship. You know, I remember watching my grandpa Yearwood that he wasn't a great Christian man early in his life and he was he was saved. And his latter years, that when the influential years that I would watch him, he didn't care about that football game on TV. He didn't care about what was going on. He sat up there by the fireplace back then and reading his Bible. And I saw him. The things that he thought was so important before, you know, and I remember one time Steve 
in life that we were talking about, your kids were great athletes, played ball and everything. And I remember asking you because I was where mine was just starting everything. And I said, boy, I bet you miss it. And you said, well, I, I do. I do miss it. But you also, on that other end, sometimes you it's good to kind of just breathe a little bit mm-hmm. and enjoy life. But I look back now, the things, I, I still think athletics taught my kids so much. Mm-hmm. Hard work commitment, you know, all those kind of things, and I don't change anything about that. But I look back, there's so many other things that were more important, and I don't have any regrets because just like you, I I took my kids to church on Wednesdays and Sundays, and, and, and we talked about the Bible here and different things, but I still wish there'd been even more of that, and uh you know, I, it's crazy. But when you said when you said that that one day, I thought, well, he don't seem like he's really. In, but at that time, I couldn't see it because I was in a different stage of life, sure. different season. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, I remember my dad when we would play ball. He was so hard on me. Well, then when the grandkids came through, I was hollering at Blake one night or something, and Daddy looked at me like he could kill me, and I said, "Don't you even think about it." And uh, I said, "You ain't even the same man that raised me." But it's different. It's different. You'll understand someday. Yes, you won't understand until you have them. Well, we're there now with friends' kids, Blake and Jen Thompson, and different ones, and you know. Again, I wouldn't do anything different, and everybody has to find their way with all of it. And again, my kids, I really feel today, benefited so much by those being pushed, the hard work, everything that athletics taught them. But, you know, I just look back, and I know there's different stages of our lives that we go into. And and I think it's important to show them that commitment. And, and they need to see that, it's not easy every day. It, it takes effort. Um, they need to learn how yeah. to lose, yeah. mm-hmm. not to always win. And that's one thing I get frustrated with uh, youth sports today. And I don't, I mean, uh, Little B, she plays ball. Allie plays ball. Olin plays ball. And I go watch them, y'all. But it's not like it was with my kids. I, I'm just saying it's not nearly as important as it used to be. And, and maybe it's my age. Maybe it is the season of life I'm in. And I don't like to hear their parents yell at them. Right. (laughs) Y'all remember that now. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, and and again, I remember Dad being there. And and someone I was listening to, I listened to Rick and Bubba on the radio a whole lot. And and Greg Burgess has grandkids, and he, he just loves them to death. And he was talking about... Somebody would call in, and they were talking about what was the most difficult stage of raising children. And Amanda and I shared a little bit when we brought our kids home from the hospital. We almost wanted to fight the people that let us bring them home because we were like, we don't, we don't even have a man. We don't even know what to do. So that was a difficult time. Now for us, you know, our kids were kind of like yours. They were pretty good kids, and I'm not saying they didn't do wrong. And a lot of things I know that we didn't even know about them doing wrong. Right now we're at that stage because we're just praying that the Lord will provide them a spouse, a good person, and different things. And that's where we are. And that's the hardest stage for us right now is because we want so much for them, whether it was a career, whether it was a a family. And, you know, that's where we've got to be more committed to even continue. Amanda does even a better job than I do about praying for them. But tell me about watching your kids grow up. And, I mean, where was the most difficult stage, do you think, possibly? 
Hmm, most difficult stage, probably letting them go mm-hmm. and marrying. And, and even though they moved, like Zach moved about 50 yards from the house in the mobile home. And uh, Brittany, she moved all the way over to Spring Hill. Out of she had to go. You know, it it wasn't that city. far, but letting them go and realizing that their life was changing and it, ours, our hours would never be the same mm-hmm. again. But I was also happy for them. Right. Because I knew that, you know, their life was changing for the good for them. And uh, uh, to see them with their spouses now and their children now, it's it's such a blessing. And and all of us had problems through our marriage. You said, well, sometimes it's hard. Mm-hmm. They've had some. Yeah. Both of them. But mm-hmm. they've dealt with them. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe seeing uh, Tina and I deal with some things in our marriage hopefully helped them because it's not always easy. It's mm-hmm. it, marriage is work. Yeah. Somebody said it's a 50, 50. Well, that's not true. It's a hundred percent and a hundred percent both ways to make a marriage work. And if God's not the head of that marriage, then it's not ever going to be what he wants it to be. And I've said in my Sunday school class, and I've got some glares from some mothers before the Bible says you leave your father and your mother and you cleave into your wife and you become one. Mm-hmm. And I've told those couples in my, you know how long I've taught Sunday school. It's been mm-hmm. like decades. But I say, if your spouse is not the most important person in your life above your children, then you're not in God's will. Right. And I can say it's right here in this book. You can disagree with Steve if you want to, but I'm not the one who said it. God is. And if we love our spouse more than we love anybody else, we will love our children more. And it will work the way God intended the family to work. Well, we're supposed to love them as Christ loved the church. And, and everything, you know, happy wife, happy life, that was statement that was there. I think there's a lot about that. If there's conflict and strife going on in the marriage, the kids are going to see that. They're going to mm-hmm. feel that, and it's mm-hmm. going to cause that. I think a lot of times, and that's one thing I think we, we get so caught up with our children becoming our gods, becoming yes. an idol, that kids and sports in sports, this country. Yes, kids and sports 100%. in this country. And we we worship and I've worshipped a lot of idols before. So you know, right. I've put things ahead of God a lot of times and still do. I'm trying to do better, but I still do. But one thing we didn't talk a little bit was some of the humor how when we first so Steve invites us to the Sunday school class and we go. So, so something the conversation that morning was something like, let's just go so he'll quit asking us. <laughs> So, so as we go in there, Amanda, tell where we were at. I, I can remember very vividly the room, and I don't know why I remember it so well. It was in the older part of the church that um, had been restructured to have classrooms. So, you know, you remember the old buildings where the floors almost creak. And, mm-hmm. you remember um, the old choir loft? The, 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 yeah. the pews, um, it was like almost a green or something. Green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the room that we were in, the light fixture was not a fixture. It was just a bulb hanging on a <laughs> cord. And we had come in at the very last minute, you know. So we, we had would to have sit to talk if we come in late. Yes, we had to sit on the very front. And I remember it, it was a Baptist church, so <laughs> yes. the front rows were still open. There were still plenty of seating on the front. It was almost as if we were like on the other side of your table like we were on that front row yes and so I remember you know looking around the room but all I could concentrate on because I didn't want to make eye contact with you was I kept my head down and all I 
<laughs> look at was the dryer sheet hanging out of your family. <laughs> Yeah, and you didn't, I don't think you told me about that for a while. No. Yeah. She kept finally, it. after we got more comfortable and you got to know me better, then you shared that story with me. And every time I see you, I think about that. Every time Tina reads me one of your blogs, I think about, you know, that dryer sheet hanging on my family in Sunday school. Well, so uh, we survived that, and I think we end up going back the next week. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't hardly miss any Sunday school, you know, things that went on from there. But, again, thank you for the invite. Yeah. And... You know, I think a lot of times people, it's whether it's in marriage, whether it's at a job, anything in the world, we they don't really get committed to something. And if Steve hadn't have invited us, maybe we just put our toes in, but we never get in to swim. And, you know, um, we, we I think a lot of times people don't understand the relationship. It's like, you know, our relationship with Christ is like a, a marriage. If I only talk to Amanda two times out of seven days, I don't think she's going to very have a great relationship with me, and that's not what God intends. You know, He intends us to be in prayer and and reading the Bible daily, how He speaks with us. You know, Steve, any or Tina, either one, thoughts on that? You know, the importance of prayer life and 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 reading the Bible and different or any anything we just talked about. I talk all the time. Do you want to say something? Okay. Okay, reading the Bible, Heath, I've read through the Bible, and I read through the Bible, you know why I read through the Bible? To say I've read through the Bible. Right, check. Yeah. <laughs> but now, I've learned in the last few years, and all those years I was teaching, I studied when I mm -hmm. taught, when y'all were in my Sunday school class, I studied. But I wasn't studying God's Word the way I'm studying it now. There's a difference in reading the Bible and studying the Bible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's just become something that is one of my favorite things to do is to study God's Word and learn more about Him. And it, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, I've started, uh, I think I told you today when we talked, I get up, uh, Tina and I both get up between 4 and 5 every morning without, a, without an alarm clock. And the first thing I do is I go and I get my phone and I pull up my Bible and I start looking for something to share. And God gives me something to share. And I got some folks that have uh, asked me to share some stuff with them. On. And you know what? In God's economy, if you do something to help someone else in Jesus' name, and you try to be a blessing, who does it bless most? Oh, you. It blesses you. Mm -hmm. And I'm not bragging on me because I, I still got a long way to go. But, uh, you know, it's it's uh, my justification happened when I moved my foot, Wayne Humphreys yeah. was my Sunday school teacher. He asked a question in Sunday school one morning. you you got to be able to go back to a time when you know you gave your heart and your life to Christ. I went back to a time at Harmony Baptist Church down below where you were raised, mm -hmm. where I lived down there. When I went to the front and chucked the preacher's hand and got baptized because other people were getting baptized. Right. But when he asked that question at age 22, God, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, you've been playing church. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. And Wayne Humphreys was a, a real influence in my life. Jerry Lake was our pastor at that time. I don't remember anything Jerry preached that day. I don't remember a song that we sang. I remember, I can't wait till the invitation because I'm dying here. My heart's about to bust out of my chest. And that's the Holy Spirit letting me know that I need to come to Jesus. 
And when she hit the first note on that piano, I was sitting back about four rows back on the on the right side as you come in the old church. And this, she hit the first note. <laughs> when she hit the first note, I made that first step. And you know what I believe with all my heart? God saved me right then. Oh, I believe it 100%. When it you made that effort, that, yeah. Yeah, he, that saw, he saw the condition of my heart. Right. And we get into this thing in, in church culture today sometimes, well, this is what you got to pray. Yeah. And, I, and I'm a little, you know, I think that's dangerous because the condition my heart was in, when I went down here and I knelt, if I'd have prayed the wrong thing, Jesus say, nah, they don't get it. Yeah. That didn't happen. We're all in trouble. And and that is one of the things with this DMD that I'm in now. You know, we we do have to study the Romans road. But I only study the Romans road to show someone after they've they've made that commitment already. They've they've came to you for a reason. But I go back over it where it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Did you call on him? Yeah. Did you do this? I just want to show them it's that simple. There's nothing else there. God doesn't want to hear our fancy words. He doesn't Mm -hmm. want to hear. He just wants to hear you say, Jesus, I need you. Save me. That I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross. You rose from those things. You just have to believe those fundamental things. But I think He can hear my heart. Like you said, I don't think my words have to come about. Mm -hmm. Now, we want you to confess it. We want you to say it publicly or whatever. But I believe it's that heart. Mm -hmm. In my my testimony, and we won't keep rehashing things, but at 16, I went down to the altar and I really don't know that God didn't save me. But I was one of the hellfire and brimstone preachers that was going on. Mm -hmm. And I just got saved because I didn't want to go to hell. Exactly. All right. But at 19, one day, I was living, doing some things I shouldn't or whatever. But I felt like Adam and Eve when they were naked in the garden and they realized it for the first time. I was embarrassed of my sins. I was ashamed of my sins. And I couldn't quit crying because I saw everything it was like my life went before my eyes and so you know that's some of the moments you know and you talked about Wayne being that kind of guy and you know we're probably going to do two episodes of this and and but you know Tina before we go to that we're going to probably stop on this first episode and then in the next episode we're going to kind of go into we're going to talk about what our legacy should be what should we do for the kingdom and when I say that that's nothing about our lives being important but what are we supposed to do to point people to the lord and that's going to be kind of our next episode that we're going to do but before we do that tina tell us a little bit about your experience like you know you speaking of a great family you know when we came through at bethlehem bob and lila england that's tina's mom and dad you couldn't ask for better people in the world with anything. And, you know, they were some of the, the people. I mean, Lila had a sense of humor like crazy and still does. But Bob was kind of serious. But Bob, you know, he loved the Lord and, and served. And, you know, you were raised, I'm sure, your whole life in church. But what was your salvation experience, your story? Well, my story, well, I actually just went to church with Vicky. She, when I was, oh, I was 12, like about 12 years old, that Sunday morning, just every now and then we'd get to go to church with each other with her dad preaching. And it was like, it'd been something that I had been, you know, I had kind of knew. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, like I thought, oh, this, this is, is this, is he dealing with me or what, not ever. But I remember, and I, and the devil tried to tell me that day because I was so under conviction. 
a conviction that day at church that uh, I thought, oh, I don't want to do this here. My mom and daddy's not here. Right. <laughs> so it was like, oh, my goodness, I can't do this. But it was something that I could not keep from. I mean, and I felt the same way. I was so convicted and so, like, my, my heart. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when I made that step, too, because I don't remember anything much about what, like you said, I just knew that I was sorry you yep. know, for everything. But, yes, I did have a great parents and raised and all my life never missed you know and and sometimes I know like Steve said he was too it is kind of like you feel like you just you know everything to say and do and it kind of becomes a habit you know Mm -hmm. and and that's something that I have to any time and I kind of didn't want to be that way with our kids I mean which we did we went you know and you do bring them up that way but then you talked about prayer while ago Mm -hmm. you know I think it's very important even at my mom and dad we had every night we had devotion right I don't care how late it was when we got home we would go sometimes in their bedroom and that's where you know we there was something read and and we we prayed together that's awesome and and we we tried to do that with our family Mm -hmm. our kids and um, we did. I, we didn't try to. Oh, we, we did. did. Yes, we did. And I mean, we see our children. We see them doing that with our too. And, and that's, that's very, awesome. very important to pray together. And uh, because a lot of times, even even growing up in teenage years, you know, like you said, sometimes you might be that might not be something great, really bad, but you know that it's just something you shouldn't do. I mean, it's kind of like when you come home, you're like, oh, oh, I got to go through this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, but it does teach you. You mm-hmm. know, and. Uh, and I, I'm very thankful for that. And I'm sure your children feel the same if they've carried those habits on with their children. And, you know, that's that's kind of the, I guess, a good transition into what we're going to be going over in the next episode. We're going to be talking about the next generation. And, you know, right now there's so many problems in the world. And how are we going to help to you know raise the next generation what are we going to pass along to them and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the problems and things that we see in society right now i think we're setting setting our children up for failure a lot of times and uh we're going to be joining uh, again on the next episode and they're going to join us for part two so thank y'all